Throughout this episode, you'll hear occasional dynamically placed advertisements as well as host-read ads by me promoting the work of my sponsors, similar to what you'd experience when you're binging your favorite YouTube content. If you find the ads disruptive, consider joining my community on Patreon. Premium submarines receive full-length ad-free episodes, hundreds of hours of bonus content, and the ability to connect and chat with other listeners. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash backfromtheborderline. I am angry. <laughs> and yes, I'm starting the podcast a little bit differently this time because I'm on my walk. I heard another one of my favorite podcasters last week. She just whipped out her phone and she started a voice note on her walk and was just spitting some home truths. <laughs> and it got me so pumped up because I listened to it on my walk and it made me feel like I was walking with her and just having these mini breakthrough moments. And so that amazingly powerful woman who I love so much, who is named Brooke Castillo, by the way, inspired me to do my walking and talking episode with you. I'll tell you why I'm mad in a second. <laughs> but I'm pushing past those limiting beliefs that I have that people won't want to listen to me if I'm not sitting at my computer with notes and, and research and an outline for my episodes. And this is a battle that I'm continually fighting with myself. And I have episodes like the menstrual cycle awareness one where I'm sitting down and I'm reading tons of research. And I do love doing that. But I also need to trust my own voice that when I feel passionate and inspired about something, I can just pick up my phone and trust that if that's what the episode's going to be this week, that it will be. So hence this new format. And I hope you don't mind the potentially lower audio quality, the background noise of potentially birds and my big, huge Doc Martens crunching into the ground because I'm trying to break them in. And so I'm putting myself through this little torturous exercise of wearing brand new Docs on a walk with my dog. So you're going to be hearing some of that stuff. But maybe the ambiance of us taking a walk together is kind of like a cool experience. <laughs> So maybe listen to this episode while you go on a walk. I always say like that there's that meme that says taking my stupid walk for my stupid mental health. And it always makes me laugh. And that is so me right now. I'm like Daria stomping around in my docks, taking my stupid walk for my stupid mental health. But no, I'm act I actually love my walks and I'm super recharged by them. Back to my point why I'm angry because I'm reading a book about self-compassion <laughs> and I'm the kind of person that would say I'm reading a book about self-compassion and I'm fucking pissed off right very me but why this book about self-compassion is making me so angry is because it made me realize that we are living in a society that is set up to make sure that we 
hate ourselves. Because not only does that mean that we're easy to make money off of and sell things to, it makes us easier to control. Now, before you start thinking I'm going off on like some conspiracy theory, I don't, I'm, I'm not. I'm not peddling any conspiracy theory. I'm just kind of peddling the truth in that people have seen that they can make money off of exploiting our self-esteem and our sense of self-compassion in order to make a quick buck. And then that just catches like wildfire. I don't think really any group of people got together and decided this is how it's going to be. I think it's something that's just really insidious and it's spread. And um, now it's it's what we live in. And if we don't change it, we're going to still keep feeling as empty and horrible as we do now. So this book is all about learning to love ourselves. And not only that, constantly participate in the act of loving ourselves and taking the seat almost of a kind and caring parent. And every time the inevitable waves of emotion of life hit you, instead of beating yourself up and letting the voice inside of your head that says, you're never going to be happy. See, look, everything. It's just one bad thing after another. You're not good enough. You're never going to be loved. Look how asymmetrical your face is. Let's just constantly be fixing. Maybe I need to change something about me to get rid of this aching feeling that has the possibility of going away by taking the seat of a caring parent and offering yourself the words that you never heard likely, which were, it's okay to feel those big feelings. Actually, many people feel this, but they just don't talk about it and offer yourself that love and just say, I'm a human being going through a human experience. And you guys, when I'm reading this stuff in this book, when I'd even just read the words, like, it's okay. And this author even encouraged, her name is Kristen Neff, by the way. And the book I believe is called Self-Compassion, but I'll, I'll put the actual title in the show notes because I'm walking right now and I don't know. When I read Kristen's words, she often, I think, refers to herself in her own mind when she's doing this act of self-soothing, she says, it's okay, darling. Like, it's okay to feel those feelings. Everyone feels that way sometimes. And there's nothing wrong with you. You're just going to move through this and I'll be here for you. When I read those words, it was so comforting. And I realized, come on, Cody. (laughs) My dog does not want to. She, oh, it's okay. She didn't want to walk through this little puddle, her little feet. Or just, she was like, fuck this. Sorry about that, friends. Sidebar. Cody's my dog, by the way. She's with us on this walk that we're taking together, this experience. When I read these words by Kristen Neff, I was just so supremely impacted by the feeling of healing and peace that came over me when I read those words. Those words breaking apart my inner narrative of self-hatred for a moment made me feel like I was getting like the biggest hug from something inside of myself. And it was so healing and it is addicting. And so for the last few days, I've been giving myself like this love. I decided to envision 
what would the most like kind, caring mother archetype look like for me? And for me, when I think about that, I think about the tree from Pocahontas, the movie, the children's movie. And let's not even get into how problematic (laughs) that the concept and everything of that movie, we could unpack that for days. But as a child, I always found that tree in Pocahontas, that kind, wise grandmother tree that speaks to Pocahontas and she kind of retreats there. I found that, in my opinion, to represent like God, spirit, a wise woman presence that's inside of you always. I've found that supremely healing. You can steal that from me. Or you can find what your own, like, who is just represents to you from TV, movies, your inner world, your life, that is just this wise, comforting, soothing mother presence that's seen it all, heard it all, doesn't judge anybody. How can you use that in your own mind to tackle these thoughts of self-hatred and use it as a healing device within you? So now for the last three days, just as an experiment, I have been hyper tuned in like a scientist looking above myself and noticing when I have these thoughts of self-hatred and holy shit, when I became aware of them, I realized how many there are. My default mode is hating myself, making sure people like me, taking everything so personally Having almost an anxiety attack just over small things like my boss emailing me asking if we can talk. If there's no context to that, can we talk? In my mind, I'm homeless within like five seconds of that conversation, even if it's just a message on Slack that I get. That's how much my brain has been wired that I'm not lovable, that someone's always trying to find me out, that something's going to go wrong, that I'm going to end up homeless, penniless, friendless, and loveless (laughs) in a ditch somewhere. That's like my default mode setting of my brain. And so every single thing I see is through that filter. And my friend listening to this, like I guarantee, like think about all the filters you have and how those are not even yours. These filters have been forced over your eyes. It's like the biggest catfish head fuck. It really is. We are being totally catfished. But the beauty is it hurts when you realize that you're being catfished, right? On the show. Everyone that gets catfished. And if you don't know what catfishing is, Google catfished TV show and come back. But when people find out that they got catfished, it hurts really bad because you realize you've been making this idealized person or view. But then you at least fucking found out the truth. These people when they find out that they've been catfished (laughs) and then they can move on with their life. But until they realize the truth, they're, they're caught in this fantasy land. And that's how it is with this stuff. When you finally wake up to the realization that we're living in a world that is set up to make us hate ourselves, really. There's another thing about this book that I've learned, the difference between self esteem and self compassion. Now I'm not by a computer right now, Make a note to Google the difference between self-esteem and self-compassion. Kristen Neff in this book does the most beautifully profound job of describing the difference between the two and how we've been raised 
And I think the vast majority of my listeners are millennials, Gen Z. I know other generations can relate to this too. Millennial and Gen Z generation have been pummeled with self-esteem. Like, you're great no matter what. Every Like, giving everyone a trophy for everything. Self-esteem is so much different than self-compassion because self-esteem sort of grazes over the bad. It's like, oh, you're great. Even if, like, say, for instance, a, a child... Sorry, everyone. There was a jogger that went past me and I had to pause the pause my rant because I'm just not ready to be. <laughs> I'm just not ready for that level of confidence yet, guys, to just keep on on my fucking on my soapbox, on my walk with my Doc Martens, just fucking preaching to the world. So I just had to like take a quick pause. Needless to say, Google the difference between self-esteem and self-compassion two very different things. We have all been raised in a world where self-esteem is certainly spoken about, but self-compassion is not. And what self-compassion really is, is giving yourself permission to be human, to be a human fucking being, not a human fucking doing. Self-compassion is saying, it's okay, I'm angry. Anyone would be angry in this position, but what am I going to do about it It's okay to be sad because everyone's sad sometimes. And sadness can be beautiful and bittersweet too. There's so many flavors of sadness. There's so many flavors of disappointment and joy and awe and wonder. And just the constant cyclical nature of being a human. The problem is, is that we live in a society where it's linear. It's like, problem, buy this solution. Problem, get this medicine, feel better. Problem, inject this into your face, not ugly anymore. There's a result. Here's what your problem is and here's a result and we'll fix it for you. And I'm by a stream now, so that's what you hear. That's the lie though. Nothing that you buy no course that you enroll for is going to fix you having the human experience. And the moment that you can really, really absorb that, you've clicked into another state of awareness that's going to automatically make you feel psychologically better. Don't believe me? Try it. Some of the spirituality stuff out right now is like when I tell you the cringe level, it makes me really cringy. It feels very spiritual bypassy to me. It feels not acknowledging the dark. It's all just love and light. And that's just not, that doesn't do it for me. That's why I knew that I like have to start putting my voice out there, my stamp, because I believe that we are spiritually starved as a society and especially so many women that listen to my podcast. We have just been so spiritually starved, so head fucked by cultural, generational, societal trauma, stuff that we didn't choose for ourselves, that we are in a perpetual cycle of self-hatred. But when we step outside of that, the moment you're just aware, you're aware of the lie, right? Maybe this can be your day of waking up. And to me, that's what like awakening means. It can sound cheesy and make you roll your eyes or you can think of it like this how I'm putting it to you now where it's like okay I see the veil 
that I've been having to see through. It's all a lie. I don't have to live my life by these rules. Then what happens is you start feeling better because you're living in your integrity more. You're offering yourself soothing. No one can soothe you like you can soothe you. Believe me, you're a little rusty because you've hated yourself for so long. But trust me, when you start flexing these muscles of really envisioning your Pocahontas tree, right? What is your Pocahontas tree? If you envision envision that wise mother, whatever that looks like and feels like for you, then you're cooking with oil, as they say. Isn't, isn't that? I think that's a phrase. Then you're, then you're really cooking with oil. Like the fucking process is accelerated. That's what that phrase means. It means when you can instantly visualize that kind mother, really spend some time figuring out what that kind mother looks like to you. Quite frankly, sometimes I even, I love RuPaul Charles. He is the host of RuPaul's Drag Race. And when you really listen to RuPaul speak, he is an awakened individual. He has done so much soul searching. You can feel it in his presence. Sometimes RuPaul feels like a divine mother figure for me. And I almost have like a mixture of the Pocahontas tree and RuPaul. That's like my wise mother. So your wise mother can absolutely be a drag queen for sure, because mine is, (laughs) mine is a mixture of a tree and a drag queen. So like get creative with it. And when these self-critical thoughts come up, when you feel just that flutter of like not being okay, you can't even name the emotion. Look at yourself from the outside and really imagine what that wise mother would say to you in that moment. And nine times out of 10, My RuPaul tree mama says to me, you're a human being going through the human experience. This is fucking hard. And not only that, you're living in a system that is set up even with all the privileges that I have. It still is so fucking hard to be psychologically healthy. Even if you have an abundance of resources, that's the horrible part is we're all suffering. All of us in very varying levels. Absolutely. I acknowledge how privileged I am, but you can acknowledge your privilege, but also offer yourself self-compassion at the same time. I think that's another really important concept because I think so many of us have felt like I, I'm very privileged. You know, I don't really have a right to complain. I don't think that kind of attitude helps anyone because if you're constantly saying like, I'm so privileged and feel a little bit of a sense of guilt for voicing your feelings, you're still stuffing up your feelings. Everyone that's suffering deserves to be heard. And that includes extremely disadvantaged people who are oppressed by these systems in our society to a point of being like almost completely eviscerated. Like the Native Americans, you know, the trauma there fills me with a sense of grief. But just because I feel that grief, And probably acknowledge that some of my ancestors committed horrible crimes knowing that my, knowing about my, um, genealogy, having family that hails from Appalachia and the deep South, I can feel all of these really deep traumatic feelings and feel guilt for what my ancestors might have done and feel that I don't have a right to be feeling oppressed or like this because of my privilege. 
But it's so important that we offer ourselves self-compassion so that we can have the energy to use our additional resources and privilege to make big changes. That's what I'm trying to say. I really think that if everyone in the world was just 10% more self-compassionate, that could have the singular most massive impact than anything, any policy change I could enact right now. Just 10% more self-compassionate. Because when we're more self-compassionate, we're more compassionate to others automatically. I have wondered so much. I'm an empath, I think. Like, I'm very empathetic. I sure as hell know I feel shit. Sometimes I can't even listen to music or watch movies because I just feel stuff too much. It hurts. So I would rather not. I'm impacted by it so much. When I hurt the people I love, it hurts me so much. But in the moment when I do these things that I regret, where I don't listen like I should and I get so reactive to things, it makes me so angry at myself. (laughs) And so my anger at myself then makes me project that out onto others and, and so critical of them. Because I expect myself to be perfect, I'm projecting outwards on everyone else that I think they have to meet my crazy standards of perfection. And it just keeps me so alone. And chances are it might be doing that for you too. And it's not your fault because you've been unconscious of that. Sometimes I slip still and I will let poison out of my mouth. That's as sometimes. And poison doesn't have to be like cursing at someone screaming. It's just little, little things that are my shit that I'm putting on him. And they're always subtle, but those subtle things are like a knife. Like him getting excited about something he bought and me asking like, how much was that? Joy killer. Just a judgment killing his joy. He's excited about something, but I am letting my shit sabotage. Whereas if I thought first from my compassionate mother, you're about to ask him how much this was right when he's trying to tell you how excited he is about this. What if he was a small child right now? Would you ask a small child in their joy? Like how much was that? No, you would share in their joy with them. And what did I want out of that? I want to connect with my partner and have a loving moment. So what my higher self actually wants is to say, oh my God, that's so cool. I can't wait to see what you do with that. Show me how it works. That's what I would do if I take the seat of my kind, loving parent. But instead, my hurt little child that never learned self-compassion is still inside of me and inside of you, raging out at other people because of our own self-hatred that we learned from our parents. They learned it from their parents. And on down the line, we don't have to let that be our reality. Wake up from it. Look around. See how much of your life you are losing to self-hatred. If you're anything like me, it's a lot. I'm monitoring my thoughts now and not like an army general. That's really important. I'm observing. We can't be policing our thoughts. Very, very important distinction. Because I did that for a while where I was like, I'm going to fuck these self-limiting beliefs up. So every time I noticed it, I was like, there's a feeling of self-hatred. You're such an idiot. Don't be having these feelings of self-hatred. And I think so many of us do that. So it's like we have a self-hating thought. And then we're like, now I'm going to hate that fucking hate thought out of my brain. It's actually so stupid. But we all do this. But now take your seat of your RuPaul tree. And like I said, I'm perfectly okay if you steal the Pocahontas, RuPaul, 
wise mother archetype for your inner self healing by all means because I personally think those are the two just mommiest mommies ever I would love for both of them to adopt me so that's your task for this week discover who that wise woman archetype is for you find her find her this week that might mean getting a journal out and drawing what she might look like speaking to your voice notes about it talking out loud is a really powerful way to get those ideas out so i encourage you to start doing that as a matter of priority first and then once you have a really good picture of that wise mother and you can visualize her spend a few moments in the morning taking a deep breath maybe it's like your nice cup of tea find a safe space of solitude every morning it's like church but your own version of church find that place of solitude imagine that wise mother take some deep breaths relax all of your muscles sip your calming drink and just tell yourself i'm safe i am always with this wise mother and this wise mother by the way it's not like god being a sky daddy the difference here is that this wise mother part is a part of you it just hasn't had a chance to run the show yet so imagine that wise mother and just hold that thought and say to yourself you know i vow to monitor my thoughts today through the eyes of this wise mother and to think about the desired outcome i want in conversations situations email small talk with your partner in the morning before they go to work i'm going to think about what do i want out of this do i want love and connection ask yourself what would this wise mother advise you to do create a sense of spaciousness between you and your chosen reaction oftentimes our anxiety leaves us feeling like we have to make a decision right then we need to give someone an answer right now we need to make a choice now 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 no that in itself has put me into so many dangerous situations right there and just pickles in general just like the time and suffering i could have saved myself if i would have just learned the concept of creating more space between myself and my reactions oh my god i feel like i'm going to sneeze there's so much pollen out guys I'm a suffering soldier on this walk and now I'm starting to get starting to get blisters from the docks. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> But guess what? I can get through this pain. But jokes aside, create the space between yourself and the reaction. Consult that inner wise mother, knowing that it's part of you. And if you feel upset instead of reacting, say to yourself, it is so understandable that you feel upset right now, but think about what is the next choice that you can make, the thing that you can say that fosters love and connection because that's your desired outcome. You don't need to be right. You don't need to prove your point. You don't need to call anyone out. You just need to think what's the next thing I can do to embody this wise mother inside of me that would make her proud of me. And now, wow, what a difference. Doing that every morning is literally like church, but it's so empowering because it's your own church. 
You make the rules. You make your own church. That's you reclaiming your power back, your spirituality back. Anything that can make you connected to that wise mother that just wants love and compassion. Anything you can do to meditate on that in the morning and take that message throughout your day and maybe even close your day with that creates such a beautiful, and this is going to sound cringy, but it does. It creates a container. I also feel like that term is thrown around in these fucking Instagram spiritual circles. So I'm like, let's create a safe container for all of us. Okay. But it actually does create a safe container because it creates a sense of inner space and expansiveness between you, the feeling, and your reaction. Because your reaction, your chosen reaction, remember, even though we have trauma, there's always two doors. You can choose the door that is going to make more suffering for yourself, or you can choose the door that's going to involve you going, how can I react to this differently? How can I examine my own thoughts and find balance and think of the next step that's going to foster connection and love and minimal friction in my life? So I'm very excited to hear what kind of results you have after you start doing this. I really hope that some people that'll listen to this are going to give this a try because I believe it's such a radically simple practice. You don't have to really think about ABC123, a million Instagram infographics, write down steps for yourself. I fell into that trap so much and I'm not saying you can't get good information from that because you absolutely can. But for me, I've been trying to fast track my (laughs) suffering reduction by making it so simple, distilling down the concepts. And really, if you just practice radical self-compassion at all times, it may not turn around your situation overnight. Actually, it won't. I can promise you that. But over time, if you consistently practice this, you will experience less suffering. You're not gonna not have feelings anymore. You're not gonna be happy all the time but you'll be a better surfer of the waves of life. And I apologize for all the car noises because it's, I'm back in the place right near my home. So if I have anything to pass on to you this week, it is that, it is that message. And I challenge you to practice radical self-compassion just this week. Try it for one week where that's just your main goal. Really reflect on how you feel after doing that. And everyone's going to have a different experience. Everyone's going to put this into practice in varying (laughs) modes of efficacy. And by that, I mean, it's going to be fucking hard as hell for some people. When I started doing it, I was blown away by... How just the vast amount of self-hating thoughts I had in the day. And then I went into the grief of thinking, oh my God, how much better could my life have been if I didn't just have all this suffering and self-limiting beliefs and thoughts and hating myself? Where would I be now if that's not how I was raised? But I can't think that way because me having 
these beliefs and finding a way through it and sharing it with people is part of the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And when I think about all the people I love the most and admire the most, the authors that have really contributed the most to my recovery in the last two years, my journey, I don't even know how I feel about the word recovery anymore. I was never, I'm not recovering from anything. I'm actually just like Glennon Doyle. I think she wrote that you're becoming. And I like that better because that's what's going on is you're just becoming. You're becoming again what you always have been. And all these layers, like I told you, the veil, the, the crap that doesn't belong to you, it's hiding what you already are. And that's what I'm doing is I'm breaking free of that stuff and becoming who I was in the first place. There was nothing ever wrong with you. You deserve to be held in a safe space full of love. And that's always been inside of you. You're never going to find it anywhere else. And when you really connect to that space, you'll know what I mean. Give yourself time. Be patient because this is some of the hardest work and most people never undertake it. They just stay stuck in these patterns and then they develop illness and chronic stress and it starts coming out in their bodies. And that doesn't have to be the path that we choose. So my friends, I will leave you with that. I'm out of breath. I'm for sure going to have two of the biggest fucking blisters on the back of my heels and my pinky toes from these motherfucking Doc Martens. Fucking. I really thought this was a super clever idea. I was like, I can push through it. I need to, if I want to break these boots in, I got to wear them. Oh, well, (laughs) thank you for accompanying me on this journey. If you liked this format of episode, please let me know. Or if you hated it, actually, please don't leave me a bad review and say you hated it because then I'll cry. (laughs) But maybe just like, you know, send me an email and be like, hey, Molly, let's not do the walking thing again. I love each and every one of you. I'm really grateful that... Every single person listening to this is contributing an opportunity for me to speak my truth to you. So thank you. Have an amazing week. A few moments later. Yep, it's me again. Checking back in to let you know that I do in fact have the biggest blisters on planet Earth on my heels. The pinky toes survived, but thought I would give you all an update. So if you like this episode, go ahead and leave me a review, share it with someone you love. Let's spread the word. Let's spread the movement of radical self-compassion. All right, you messy, amazing, emotional, fabulous human beings doing this life thing. That is it for today's episode. I want to thank you so much for listening because out of all the millions, billions of podcasts in the world, you chose to listen to mine and that means a lot to me. And if you listen this far, I know you never want to miss a new episode. So to make sure that doesn't happen, click follow in your podcast player of choice and you will be alerted every time I drop a new one. 
To help me grow and help the podcast reach as many people as possible, go ahead and leave an honest rating and review. Not only that, I love to hear your feedback, so please share it with me. I read every single review, and you just might hear it read out loud on the podcast. To connect with me directly, follow me on social media and keep up with all the new updates. You can find that all at backfromtheborderline.com. And as always, any articles, resources, or other helpful information you've heard today can be found in the description of this podcast episode. So don't forget to check out the show notes. And until we meet again, remember, life is a circle, a cycle, a process, separation, initiation, return. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Back from the Borderline. If you'd like to receive my monthly written recovery musings via Substack directly to your inbox, send me a voicemail, join the Patreon community, or check out my Amazon booklist recommendations, visit backfromtheborderline.com and click to access my link tree.